You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for downloading this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Obviously a bit of a strange one this week, given that there has been no rugby in the Pro 14 and the Wales-Scotland game was also postponed. But nonetheless, Dan and I decided to have a chat and we thought, given that this might be the last rugby that we've seen for a, for a while and the season might not get underway, we thought we'd do a bit of an end-of-season review. So end-of-season in inverted commas because it's not the end of season, but we thought it'd be a good chance to have a look back and see how the regions have got on and see how Wales have got on and what they need to do next season to have a, yeah, have a, a more successful year, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, it was good, uh, still good to have a chat and, uh, and do things, so we hope you enjoy it. Uh, we Also, if you've got suggestions for what we can do while... Uh, while rugby is suspended, then do let us know on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. We'd love to hear your suggestions and see if we can uh, see if we can accommodate them. Uh, yeah, any any suggestion, welcome, no matter how wacky. Uh, so yeah, do make sure you uh, you get in touch with us. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. And a big thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get on and, uh, and support a young Welsh business during these these difficult times, then uh, head to socoffeetrades.co.uk. And what's more, as I say every week, it's brilliant quality coffee as well, so you won't be disappointed. But in the meantime, here's this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Thanks for listening. Mervyn Davis takes the cap down to Peter Brown. It's beautifully laid back for Gareth Edwards. Edwards over the Welsh 10-yard line, over halfway. The kick ahead by Edwards. Can he score? It would be a miracle if he could. He may well get there. And he has. This might just be the strangest podcast we've ever had to record, Dan, or it's at least the strangest set of circumstances. Yeah, it is, isn't it? We've had a few, few peculiar ones over the last three years, but this is... Something a little different. It is really. I'm sure all the listeners are fed up of hearing about coronavirus and, and whatever, but naturally something as big as this has a knock-on effect onto the world of rugby. So rather than us kind of dwelling on it and the fact that there is no sport on telly, which I just... 
I'm not used to this, Dan. I am not used to this. Uh, rather well, than none talk- of us are, are we? No, we're not. <laughs> but rather than dwelling on that, I think uh, what we decided to do is we're going to have a chat about rugby. We're almost going to treat this as an end-of-season review because, for all intents and purposes, this could be the end of the season. You know, the, uh, the Six Nations will be postponed until the autumn. Then the Pro 14 has been postponed indefinitely for the time being. Maybe that will come back for the playoffs. I don't know. But I think given that we're not expecting any rugby for any, any length of time, it feels like a good opportunity to have a look back and see how the sides have gone on. So all the regions, Wales, and just have a bit of a, almost a bit of a, an end of term report. Yeah, when you message me saying, you know, fancy the pod tonight, uh, and then end of season review, I was just, what, end of season, you know, and then obviously it dawned on me about a second later. Well, yeah, it probably is yeah. the it probably is the end of the season because even if we, you know, even if we do uh, get the green light to, you know, to kickstart the, you know, the the Pro Fourteen back up again, we're not going to get through all the games. So I I think I think this is it. Yeah, the only thing I could see them doing is potentially turning around and saying, right, we're going to have a we're going to have the playoffs based on how the the table stands at the moment. You know, but I, I don't know whether you need the buy-in of all the teams in order to do that. But that's the only thing I could see because I mean, surely that's better than just having the season end with no champion. Don't know how feasible that is, but well, I think we'd all want that, wouldn't we? Because we're all going to be desperate for for any sort of a game. I think you know we've knocked the Pro 14 about a little bit, haven't we? Um, but we'll be we'll certainly be watching every, any any game and every game that's on. If that's that it, happen. yeah. I know. I just, just whatever you know. If uh, if cheaters are playing the Southern Kings, well, I'd do anything we- for that game right now. Every, wouldn't you? every weekend, I'll watch it <laughs> <laughs> behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Uh, it's normally at this point I ask if you watch much rugby, but there hasn't been any. How, how's your weekend been anyway? Uh, it's been it's been pretty peculiar, really. We, I um. Yeah, decided to. I mean, it's been staying in, you know, staying in and doing what you, what you, what we, what we can do on the inside. But also, we we had a couple of a couple of parties. So the girls had some parties on, which we, you know, which we decided to. Well, one of them was on, one of them was off. Um, but so we did go to the second one, and then today, uh, Amy had a football some little kickers that was on, and there was a foot. There was full attendance actually at that, and. Then went to a soft play centre, which we were the only ones in for the first mm. sort of half an hour, and then it did, you know, a few others did, did start to come in. But it's a it's a strange one because you don't know whether to, you know, to head out and about or to stay in. But ultimately, I don't think a great deal can be done to, to stop this, does it? You just got to be you just got to be pretty, pretty mindful, I think, of those that are, you know, the elderly and mm. you know those that are immunosuppressed, haven't you? And just be set, just be sensible, I suppose, about it. Yeah, well, meanwhile, I went to Cardiff for a game rugby that wasn't on and stayed down there for the weekend and we drove back this afternoon. Did you go out when you were there? Or? We uh, we went out to Whitchurch this morning and had a, and had a cup of coffee and we, had yeah. little, we walked the baby around the, uh, walked the, baby around the fields of, um, of Rabina RFC. So just while we were trying to get her to go off to sleep, so we walked around there. So you know, we out and about. But uh, was yeah. there mini rugby? Was there mini rugby on? There was, there was nothing on down there. I don't know whether. Um, yeah, I don't, presumably that that been called off. I didn't know whether they're 
playing home or away this weekend or what. But um, yeah, it is a you know, slightly strange feeling around. And then on the way back, we had uh, a, a couple of meltdowns in the car, which meant that we stopped at Lee Delamere and Membry. Was that you melting down? Or? <laughs> Not on this occasion. But yeah, stopping at stopping at two services in the space of sixteen miles is probably not ideal. Oh. So that'll explain why I'm uh, why I'm sounding a bit tired. Um, all right, Dan, where do you want to where do you want to start? Do you want to start with one of the regions, or do you want to start with the the Wales side? I, I really don't know. Right, I don't know where we're going to start, where we're going to I'll end, where what, we're going to go. Where we're yeah, start. I'm, going to start, I'm going to start with this one for you, the Ospreys. How do you assess their season? If it were to all end now, how will the Ospreys look back on season nineteen twenty? Well, I think the Ospreys will be thanking the lucky stars that it's probably over, mm-hmm. won't they? It's been a disastrous season, but yeah, they just got to put it behind behind them now and, and move forward. And they've they've got some decent players there as well, haven't they? And some great new additions as well to the squad. So. Well, this is it, actually. I think looking back, it's safe to say that this has been the worst season in their existence. The league form shows that. You know, it's the fact that they've been beaten so easily at the Liberty this whole time for me shows that it's it's the lo- the lowest point that they've had on the pitch as a region. However, for all the criticism that we've that we've given them over the course of the season, I do think things are looking in much better shape for next term. You know, if you look, at, I think Toby Booth should be a really good appointment as coach, and then, like you say, some of the players coming in. Obviously, you've got Reese Webb coming into the to set up, which is really exciting. You've got uh, who's the outside half coming in? Prothero coming in at, at you know outside half slash fullback. I think Kai Evans has signed a new deal. Then you've got Reese Davis yeah. coming in from Bath, who is you know an absolute unit. He's so yeah, I, I think it's safe. It's safe to say that things are starting to move in the right direction off the pitch. There. Yeah, they are. Uh, they I reckon they just can't wait to get to get next season underway really and I think they'll be uh, they just got to get back haven't they to be in a difficult a difficult side to to beat at home which they always were weren't they they had a you know strong old pack of forwards they were a difficult side to break down um, I mean you look at how well you look at how well Steve Tandy did didn't he when uh, you know when the Galacticos left and I suppose how well he's doing or how highly people are speaking of him at mm-hmm. uh, at Scotland to think you know as a very very good good Welsh coach there isn't it but slightly slightly going off a bit but no, I'm looking forward to seeing the Ospreys uh, Ospreys next season and um, I think they'll be uh, uh, you know far greater improved you know product when they with, uh, yeah. with who they brought in you know coaching and, and the players as well and there there are some decent players there it's just been a, a very very tough season for them but there's been there's been a lot going on hasn't there. A lot yeah, there has. And I think, you know, a lot of the fingers have been pointed at the senior management off the pitch. But to be fair, like I say, an experienced coach like Toby Booth coming in, I think is a positive appointment. And what the players they've been able to recruit, I would suggest that that is definitely some signs for uh, some signs from encouragement going into next season still think that the squad needs a bit of strengthening I think if you're to look in the in the backs in particular outside of half back where you've got some some good reinforcements coming in I think the the fact that Keelan Giles has really struggled again and missed another season with injuries a big concern 
Uh, Luke Morgan's been out for large chunks. George North is obviously heavily involved with the national side and has had injury problems of his of his own. Scott Williams has had lots of injury injury problems. So I do think that in the centre and and the back three they could use getting some reinforcements. I'd almost think a couple of uh, a couple of either Welsh qualified players who aren't going to be playing in the national team or a couple of uh, a couple of foreign signings to to bolster that would would really would really help to bring them a bit of a, a bit of stability so that they're not just down to bare bones in the backs. Yeah, you excited to see a season with uh, with Toby Booth at the helm then? He's a yeah. good operator, isn't he? Well, I think so. He's uh, his CV reads pretty well. It, I know. I, I I think we said when uh, when the whole kind of Alan Clark thing exploded. Or after that, we said, look, you know, their next appointment is absolutely crucial, and they could do a lot worse than look at what uh, than what uh, what the dragons have done, and uh, what the dragons have had in um, in Dean Ryan is someone vastly experienced, knows how to to galvanise a group of players, and had a CV that had some pretty decent stuff on it, you know, some good finals and and things along those lines. And I think if you look at Toby Booth, at what he's done at Bath, and before that, particularly at London Irish, you know, reached the the final of the league in the first season, uh, his first season at London Irish. So that, I think, is is very, very encouraging. And then the work he did at, at Bath, likewise, I think there's a lot of players who speak very highly of him. So it's that level of experience that they were after and I think that will hold them in good stead yeah I totally agree he's um, as you uh, as you alluded to earlier <coughs> the signings that have been made they go hand in hand don't they with his appointments so we'll see uh, it'd be, it's going to be good isn't it as well to see a, a, you know, a strong a strong Osprey side back or at least an Osprey side that is on, on the way up anyway yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. Um, so, what do you what do you think then for for next season? What would uh, I, admittedly there's still a long way to go in terms of in terms of signing players and presuming that we will have rugby at some point um, at some point next year. What do you think would represent a good season for them? I think they got. I think it was a it was it was a freakishly bad season this season. So I they've. This last season real... wasn't much better. Was that? I said last season wasn't much better. No, it, no, it wasn't. But they've there's some real there's some really good players there, and I just think all the off the field stuff just really, really made it sort of such a sort of toxic environment. I think mm. it was difficult for anybody to sort of sift their way through the slurry, and I think there'll be a, a you know real a real uh, a real change side next year or the end of this <laughs> or, you know, in, in a couple of yeah, when, yeah whenever that is so I think they'll they'll want to be pushing for uh, you know certainly um, certainly up in the playoffs yeah playoffs sure. get back into Europe that's what they yeah, uh, yeah I think get back would, in that would that's be what they're going fair enough alright what about uh, where do you want to go next should we have a look at Cardiff Blues yeah let's go there that'd, then that'd be another disappointing season wouldn't it you'd have to say yeah, you would. Yeah, they. I think the Blues would have would have had expectations of, you know, being higher up the table. That's for sure. And it's there's been some some signs, isn't there, of looking like it's going to sort of click and come together. And then 
they've just sort of lost you know lost crucial games lost momentum and it's just been a really sort of bit part season yet again and yeah, that that I think that sort of just about sums it up really do you think that kind of two what's the second full season even though it's not going to be a full season but second season that uh, that John Mulvey has been in charge do you think they'll be disappointed with with where they are after those after those two years yeah I think they will be really I mean the the results kind of speak for themselves don't they there's been some some excellent rugby some excellent tries on display but ultimately I think the Cardiff Blues have still been too you know, too easy a side to beat at times, and they've mm. almost been their own worst enemy. I don't think sides have. There's been a there's been a, a few games where they've been blown apart, but a lot of the times it's almost been their own mistakes. You know, overplaying or, you know, forcing you know forcing passes, possibly sort of selection being, you know, just slightly off that 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 has that has gone against them. And you know, I think also the. The recruitment in we've mentioned it a few times, haven't we? The recruitment in certain parts of the of the squad has been has been uh, probably not overlooked because I've heard that you know the the sign the the players that the Cardiff Blues picked up in the in the backs where it was almost like you know we need to sign them now because if we miss them then we've missed them. But you know the front front five's been talked about, isn't it, for a good few seasons now? Mm. It's not been this has not been uh, mentioned just for, for 12 months this has been at least three to four years isn't it it feels about that actually yeah it's um, I think particularly after a lot of players like you know, Gethin Jenkins and, and Matthew Reese retiring a lot of experience went there and then yeah like, like you say in the second row there's been a lot of players you know, we've covered this to death actually haven't we on, the, on this pod that a lot of those you know, a lot of those exciting signings in the back three, as as fantastic a players as they are, could potentially have been better um, better investments in the in that front five to make them more competitive. But uh, again, that's that's something that's, that's kind of got to be got to be addressed. And you know, we find ourselves in we find ourselves in uh, what are we now mid March, season suspended. It's. Uh, it's hard to see whether that's going to change too much, really. You know what I mean? There's not been, I suppose, the potentially exciting signs are almost the ones who've come in this season. So Sam Moore coming in from from Sale, I think, is is potentially something that they should be excited about. And, and there's some good young players in and around the squad. But the main thing for me is that is that lack of consistency. They've not been able to string a good amount of results together there's always been a disappointing defeat which has kind of um, has halted their progress yeah why do you think that is the the, the consistency hasn't uh, hasn't really happened for the Cardiff Blues it's really difficult to say I think the squad and the you know kind of the depth of the depth of talent in there probably has something to do with it I think there's been times particularly in World Cup year I think you, you hit hardest in World Cup year where you've got a large contingent of players away with the national side, bringing them back, especially with Wales getting to the semi-final, then bringing them back into into the setup. A lot of them will be carrying injuries, or just will be you know will be mentally knackered, and so I, I do think that does have a knock-on effect. But yeah, it, it just doesn't feel like a squad. I mean, you, could, you could argue that all the regions 
have this have this problem with the possible exception of the Scarlets, but the squad just isn't quite where it needs to be in order to be as consistent as they would like. But you know that's that's the world we live in, isn't it? You've, you've just got to be as shrewd as you can with with the signings to make sure that you're, you're not too exposed during the international windows and, and when you get some injuries. It's quite a high risk game, isn't it? The Cardiff Blues play. So I feel that when it clicks, it's almost they're almost undefendable. Mm. Oh, yeah, to have, there's times where it's irresistible. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of part of the issue for them really is that you know they'll score phenomenal tries and it'll be sort of literally box office stuff to watch. But then they'll just be they won't be able to then back that up. And partly because probably the week before there was literally golden rugby, champagne rugby lovely rugby that you know we all all in Wales love to see it kind of they want to replicate that then the week after and it's it's difficult to do isn't it whereas when you do play some some pretty boring you know pragmatic stuff you can build you can I think it's easier to build wins it's easier Mm. to build a side around whereas they are it's it's frenetic it's helter skelter it's uh, you know quite a lot of it's sort of you know, heads up off the cuff, or certainly seems that way, and I like it when it goes well. <laughs> but I think partly that is, you, you know, it's difficult to build consistency, and then you can then throw in the, the fact that they haven't got. I think you need a number of old heads in a squad as well, mm. don't you, to to really go well with, you know, uh, you know, seasoned seasoned vets really then to carry yourself through a season, you know, getting a number of wins and. They haven't quite got that, have they? In the, in no, the forwards, I think, then, in particular. Yeah, I think you're right. I do think that there's uh, there's areas for encouragement, particularly there if you are, look at yeah. some of the young yeah. talent coming through. I think that uh, you know Shane Lewis Hughes is an excellent prospect. Jim Botham in the back row is another one. You know, in the back row they they do look really really strong. Uh, I think you can argue actually that you know that someone like James Ratty has been a good. Um, has done it. Has done a good job stepping up for them too. Has yeah, he's really got through them. a lot of work, hasn't he? He has, yeah. And so I do, I do think that there's there's signs moving in the right direction, but it's it's all down to consistency. And ultimately, I do think the coach kind of carries the carries the can for that. So hopefully, they'll be able to get in some transfers that that will make that that squad a bit less um, a bit less susceptible to uh, you know to injury and to to international call-ups and like you say a few more old heads in there to talk for a bit of experience and um, and then they can be you know competitive on a, a more regular basis and, and, and get those consistent results but I do think it's got a click next year for uh, for Mulver Hill yeah I, I would agree and I, I think the fans would say the same and there are a couple of signings short a couple of, of astute signings short aren't they of being mm. a, uh, a really decent outfit yeah, I think you're right. Not there yet. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to have a look at the other regions and we're going to look at Wales and uh, we're going to be doing that in the second half. But before we do that, let's have a very quick break. I'm Ben John and you're listening to the Attack and Scrum podcast. Right, Dan, we've got a couple of regions to still get through in this uh, end of season, inverted commas, review. Uh, where would you like I to better, go? 
Oh well, I bet I think I'll step in here and oh, ask cool. you <laughs> <Come on. laughs> and ask you about your thoughts on the dragons. Um, well, I as long as we've been doing this podcast, Dan, and I think this is what the fourth season we've done it. Yeah. The the preceding three seasons, the dragons have been absolutely terrible, and I think the last season might just have been their worst season in in their history so we were coming off a very low base but I think there's lots to be encouraged by this season I've said before Dean Ryan was a really good astute signing has helped just give some some organisation some direction in the dressing room I think that Dragons players know what kind of rugby they're trying to play I think players feel confident turning to him and asking for a bit of direction and I feel like they they feel like they're moving forward under him as a as a coach. You know, there have been a few bad results in there, which I think you you have to expect. But what we're not seeing is the that kind of first season under Jackman where we were just kind of told it'll all come next season, it'll all come next season, it'll all come next season. We've been able to put together some good results, I think particularly, you know, the some of the wins over Christmas grinding those results out even even games like um, who was it the other week the Cheetahs game you know Sam Davis winning it late on they, they're they all things that we would have lost in the previous couple of seasons so making the Dragons hard to beat at Rodney Parade was really what I wanted going into this season and I think he's done that and we've we've had a good run in the in the European Challenge Cup which may never end so it's yeah, I, I think you have to say that's been a positive season for the Dragons. Where do the Dragons go then next from here? Well, I think the difficulty is, and this is where I could see it becoming a bit frustrating for Dean Ryan, is it doesn't look like there's going to be a huge amount of investment in the squad, and he's, he's pretty much come out and said that. And so hanging on to those key players, I think, is massive. And I think in particular Corey Hill, which feels like the almost feels like he's the one who's most likely to leave. And I don't know I you know I don't know that on any good authority, but it just feels like it's been quiet for a very long time. And it would that would I think would be a massive blow to the Dragons. Because as we've said with, with Cardiff, you know, front five forwards are very hard to come by, quality front five forwards and We've got one there in uh, in Corey Hill, and, and it's a good story. You know, he's obviously let he's let by, go by Cardiff, however many years ago, six years ago or whatever, and um, has has gone on to build a fantastic career for himself. I think he's I know he's captain Wales on the odd on the odd um, occasion. I think he could be the natural successor to Alan Wynne Jones as uh, as Wales captain. So it would be a massive blow to see him go. Um, yeah, it'd be a huge blow, wouldn't it? He's a as a leader, isn't he on and off the field? And he kind of seems like he is. Uh, he's sort of, I don't know. He's a, a massive part of the dragons, isn't he? he? Just kind of, yeah. I like I like the fact that how he sort of, you know, how he was sort of cast aside, wasn't he, mm. really, by the by the other regions? And then you know he came into the dragons, and he's just he's gone from strength to strength, isn't he? And certainly Wales. I think I don't think I don't think Wales are the same side with, with without him. So it would no, be a massive no, no, blow for the Dragons. It, it would be a huge blow. So I think that's going to be that's going to be very big. Likewise, if they're able to hang on to Moriarty. Now, Moriarty, I've said before, you know, I think 
you know how big a fan I am as, of him as a player. It's just he, I know he's on a he's on a very big contract there, and I would argue the one position on the entire pitch that Dragons have some strength in depth is the back row. You know, you've got you've got Basham in there, you've got Wainwright, Keddy, Griffiths, uh, you know the old warrior Lewis Evans, Nick Card, who you know, again he's been injured, and you've got some other good young players. You've got um, Greggins in there. It's a it's a good. It is an area where there there is some strength, but I almost think from a it, it would be a, a blow to see him as a marquee signing and as an international leave the region, and that I, I think is a concern. So my my biggest area of concern is, is how they're gonna how they're gonna be able to to strengthen this squad because the first fifteen and you know and some of the youngsters I think it, it, there's there's the core of a really good squad there. But it's thin, and that and that has shown at times during the season. So it feels like, as the region with the lowest budget, it's going to be it's going to be very difficult to see um, to see them really kick on if we're not able to free up some money from somewhere. Yeah, I'm with you on Moriarty. I think there's, uh, you know, like Corey Hill, I think he's really important actually, and I've kind of changed my perspective on this over the. You know, over the last the last couple of weeks, really, mm. that he is. I, I reckon he's probably somebody that, even if he isn't playing, is just mighty good to have in the squad, mm. in and around the camp because he is. You know, he is an enforcer. There's something about he's got a presence about him, isn't he? There seems to be even when you sort of you just look at him, you think this guy is seriously hard, and <coughs> he's got he's got my back, even if he's in the stands. So yeah. it it must just make you feel a little bit I don't know a little bit better about yourself. So I think you'd be a, another massive blow, not just uh, from the sort of playing perspective. Mm-hmm. I think off the field, um, almost as much as uh, probably as much then as as Corey Hill. Those two, those two have got to they've got to do everything they can to keep them there, haven't they? They do, but likewise, I think if they're able to do that, then you want the you wonder how much money there is left to invest. I know you would expect those players to be part of the new funding model and and in theory be kind of cash neutral, but it does it does at the moment feel a bit like all the effort is going into trying to keep those two players within the region. But I, I hope there's there's other stuff going on behind the scenes and and we're able to unlock a few shrewd signings. Like I've said before, you know, kind of unlocking these players that have either perhaps lost their way a little bit, or yeah, I think Sam Davis is a is a prime example. It's been he's been such a good signing. I expect him to be Dragons Player of the Season this season, and just the amount of games he's been able to help us close out, and he's really returned to confidence. He's a confidence player, and he's he's playing some really strong rugby, and he's winning games for the region. So it's about being clever and trying to find. Trying to find equivalent signings for for next season, but that's no easy task. It's not an easy task, is it? But they are out there. Mm. Yeah, they are out there. Yeah, Sam Davis is a great signing, wasn't it? And the Ospreys would have been different if they'd. You know, they would would they have won more games if they if the Os if the Ospreys had kept Sam Davis at ten? Yeah, they would have. If they yeah, had Sam, da- if they had Sam Davis playing like this, I think they would. Yeah, yeah definitely. They would have won more games. It still would have been a difficult season, but mm. they would have won. They would have won more games. I think at ten, such a pivotal position. So, yeah. So all in all, then a good, 
you know, a good season for the Dragons. I think so, You're pretty Dan. pleased. All right, Scarlet's to finish before we have a chat about Wales. Yeah, OK. Do you want to keep going since I took the first two? Did you? Yeah, yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. I think the Scarlet's are fed up then. <laughs> Great question. Where do you get that from? Um, how do I think they fed up? I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a good season and I think they would be very, very excited if it weren't for the fact that, that Brad Moore is, is moving on. Brad Moore's the man, isn't he? He is the he man. Is. Yeah, he's a he is a he's a such a really cool character guy. Um, you know, you can imagine them really wanting to play for him. The results have have played out that way, and uh, yeah, he's just a really engaging personality. And even though he will only end up coaching three quarters of a season in charge of the Scarlets, you know, I think he he will go down as a as an all time favourite, really. Yeah, he will. He's been, it's been so refreshing, isn't it? To, I don't know, to have a character like that. Mm. It's, it's just, we haven't really seen anybody like this, have we? Yeah, no, I think he's, uh, he's, he's certainly a character which, he you know, which helps, but ultimately it's about getting the results, isn't it? And, and they've done yeah. that. They, they, they're in a good position in the league. And uh, I think they've taken the what is it, this is actually the first time they've ever been in the Challenge Cup isn't it because they've always been in the Heineken Cup but they've done a very good job of, uh, of yeah, getting out of the getting out of the pool and setting up a quarter final that probably won't ever be played but the results have been good and I think the other thing that they'll be pleased with is I think we said at times last year the the signings weren't perhaps up to the standard that Scarlets had had before, or, or they hadn't clicked to that degree. And if you look at this season, the signings and the signings from the summer and some of the signings from the, the previous season have really put in big, big performances for them. And you know, I can think of no one more than uh, than Cassien, uh, or Cassim, however you however you choose to to pronounce it. He, uh, I'll, I'll I'll help you out there with the pronunciation. Go on, Daniel. Yeah. Kasim, uh, Kasim. All right, yeah. Kasim, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, he's just been he's just been absolutely superb for the Scarlets, and um, he has, and he's loving it though, isn't he? Oh, he's like, yeah. He's, he's he can't he can't stop getting into the stands with the fans. No, and that's that's just a sign of a, a fella who's absolutely loving his rugby and loving the club he's playing for, and that's. Uh, yeah, but it's got to be linked to Brad Moore, isn't it? Don't you think he's. Yeah, I do. I mean, when we went down to London Irish, remember um, one of the players had been interviewed just after the game. It was absolutely perishing, wasn't it? It was one of the that coldest evenings. Been, it might be one of the coldest I've ever been, yeah. Yeah, I was... Jeez, oh, it was so cold. And he just had a short sleeve top on, didn't he? Uh, Brad Moore. But one of the players mm. had been interviewed afterwards and said, uh, I think the question was, you know, what's it like? What's it like playing with... Uh, playing under Brad Moore? And he said, "It's it's like being in. I'm pretty sure he said it's like being in, in Disneyland every day yeah. of, ev, you know, every day." <laughs> Which I sort of at the at the time I was thinking, well, "What's he what is he talking about?" But it is, yeah, it must be kind of like make believe because he's so optimistic, so happy, mm. and just makes you feel good. And that kind of the way in which uh, Kasim, the season that he's had, and how happy he is, I think is kind of epitomises Brad Moore, doesn't it? It does. So I suppose looking ahead to next season, 
You've got Glenn Delaney taking over, who's obviously part of the backroom staff at the moment. Uh, he's in there as defence coach. We'll make that step up to head coach. Do you think that's the, the right decision? Do you look down the route of trying to promote someone from within, given how positive Bradmore has been? Or would you, if you were in charge of the Scarlets, would you have been looking to bring in someone who's an out-and-out proven head coach? From the outside, I think it does seem like a pretty shrewd move because... Well, the, I think the players are pretty happy with this. The camp is seems to be in a very good place, doesn't it? And he's obviously a big part of that. So I think it's very difficult. It's very difficult to fill the shoes of of Brad Moore, and mm. like you know, very very difficult. I think to bring somebody in that because you're not going to find another one like him. He is. Uh, I think unique is, is is overused a lot, isn't it? But he is. He's different. Mm. Um, he can't definitely bucks the trend for for New Zealand coaches, and bucks the trend for for any coach really. So, I think that's quite a clever move just to keep, you know, keep some form of continuity. Yes, it's going to be going to be different, but I think that's probably the best outcome there could possibly be moving forward, really. But yeah, well, only time will tell, won't it? What do you what do you think on it? Yeah, I mean, I, my my gut decision when they when they made that appointment was I think they've probably got it right because a change has happened kind of so quickly. I think if you were to appoint another head coach, he'd come in and want to probably get rid of some of the some of the existing coaches, bring bring his own team with them, and they're a settled side that's playing well. So I think it does make sense to to promote from within. Uh, I don't know whether this is the case or not, but you get the feeling that Brad Moore was consulted on it. And, uh, yeah, you know, and it does seem that way, doesn't it? And I think his opinion will be will be held in in pretty high regard. So, I think, yeah, I would say that if you know, if I were a Scarlets fan, I'd be fairly encouraged by the fact that they they've been able to to promote from within, even though you know he's only been. Uh, I, I think Delaney's only been at the. He's coming in and replaced Byron, hasn't he? So this is his first season. So, yeah, it's, it'll be a big big step up, but. Um, if he if he's up to the challenge, then he's got a great set of players there to work with, and uh, you know a lot of good young talent. Uh, I'm just thinking, kind of going into to next season, there'll be some some more exciting talent within there. You know, you've got Liam Williams coming back, and uh, I know technically he's I think he's back now, isn't he? But he's uh, obviously won't get probably not likely to get an opportunity to play, and um, you know you'd expect to see one or two more players coming to that side too. So. It's um, it's a good it's it's a good time to be taking that squad that squad over. I'd say. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Right then, let's let's finish by talking about Wales, Dan. It's been, uh, you know, uh, the season started with the the World Cup, which obviously we we covered in great detail on this, including a what felt like a almost a therapy session at the end of uh, at the end of that. You know, losing the the semi final. Then we've had the Six Nations under a new coach after twelve years of Gatland. Season of two halves, would you say? Yeah, yeah, it has been. It's it's not been a good start, is it? For the new no. regime. No, I don't think it has. And yeah, I I suppose you could say. There's two schools of thought, really, isn't there? Some that say that um, 
you know, it was this period of transition, so it was always going to be, always going to be pretty challenging. Which I think there is some, there is something in that, especially because, you know, we we had the same setup for such a long period of time. It's quite unusual, isn't it? Mm. You know, ten plus years is that's that doesn't really tend to happen anymore, no. and probably well, pro- probably won't do moving forward. Really, at the same time, you know, then you think well. You know they. Some of the, you know, some of the, some of the things we've seen of, I don't think we've we've adjusted quick enough actually on the mm. park. We've you know tries have been scored against us that, you know, are so so uncharacteristic. Like we wouldn't have we wouldn't have leaked these sorts of tries before. And I know that the coaches aren't the same, but you just think there's a there's there's a there's a good few worrying signs, aren't there? But you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too down on the side. I, I, you know, I want, I want, I want us to do well. I think, like, like all of us do, but it's, it's a, we're in a bit of a, a bit of a peculiar place, aren't we, at the moment? Yeah, I think the, uh, they would have wanted that game this weekend. You know, putting aside any, if there was an opportunity to play, I'm not, I don't want to get into the whether it's right or wrong to to call it off, um, but I think if you were. If you were Wayne Pebeck, you would want to get out and, and play that game, avenge the the week before, get yourself a win, end on a high, because I think they were moving in the right direction. I, I think there were glimpses from the backs during the tournament, most notably that try against England, which will go down as an all-time great, but it was never quite consistent enough. You know, there, again, there were glimpses against France, and then we we you know we threw the big intercept pass and. So I think he would have fancied himself to kind of go, right, we're due a game where it all clicks into place. And if he'd have gone out and given Scotland a good hiding, then I think it really would have built confidence going into the summer tour. Now he's kind of sat there going, well, I don't even know where my next game's going to be. Um, and it's, it's not really the, the position that you want to be in. Going into, the, going into the autumn, realistically, there's going to be five games in five weeks for Wayne Pivak, and that is going to be mighty difficult to manage. Now, these are all things outside of his control, but as a guy who's lost uh, three out of his first four games in charge, it it starts to pile the pressure on even quicker. I would say. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think as much as we would have wanted this weekend, this game, um, this weekend, I think Scotland would have as well. I think they they really would have fancied that game. So oh, yeah, I don't I do. think I do. I, I, I you know, but, I, but at I, the end of the day, they haven't been, they haven't beaten us. In, or they haven't beaten us in Cardiff since 2002 so it's, it's still a, a mighty big task for them it is but I I was quite fearful of us actually against mm. Scotland I wouldn't have been at all surprised if Scotland had you know got uh, got that elusive win against us um, I think they're uh, they, you know they've really shored up the defence haven't they and you know we mentioned we mentioned Steve Tandy earlier I think they're you know they're they're quite a they're a niggly, difficult, kind of frustrating side to to play against at the moment, and yeah, we would have had our hands our hands full. I think I think that try you know that try that uh, Tipperick scored hmm. was a was a brilliant try. Nick Tompkins has been kind of at the heartbeat, hasn't he, of of, of every sort of go forward move we've had, really. And mm. uh, yeah, he is—he is looking like a proper playmaker. I would say, 
and that that in itself is exciting. Uh, he's still learning his trade at international level, but the positives massively outweigh the negatives. I would say at this stage. Oh yeah, definitely with him. Yeah, he's been he's been excellent, hasn't he? Tip Tipperick, I think, has been just on an, on another another planet. Has been literally phenomenal in almost every game, hasn't he? Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Has, has Pivac? You know, is he struggling with uh, with the change from you know from being a, a coach that that has the players for a long, long time? to then be an international coach is very, very different, isn't it? It is different, and I think it's going to take time for that to to develop. I also think it's going to take time to evolve the, the playing squad. So there'll be players used to playing under, you know, who've, play, who've only ever played international rugby under, under Sean Edwards. And that's going to take time to, to evolve to a, to, a different, um, to a different style of defence, moving away from that blitz style. I think the other thing is that he's going to want to move things on in terms of the, the calibre of player he uses. And I think we can only really go on what he did at the Scarlets and say if he's trying to replicate that same type of rugby, then I would expect to see a few players come into that. You know, I think he's missing a second row who's able to turn ball over. And I think that perhaps someone like Corey Hill might be able to help with that. Um, I think in the back row, he's really missed Navidi. Because what Navidi brings you is not only the grunt and the yeah, the ball carrying. He brings the, the whole package and he clears, he does, clears he does out rucks. But he what does he does everything. do is he can turn ball over for you. And we know that Tipperick can turn ball over as well. But Tipperick isn't quite like the the Warburton, Ellis Jenkins mould of an out-and-out turnover machine. So I think having that blend of of Tipperick and, and Navidi could be really exciting and, and help to, to spoil some ball and, and turn over. And that England try, that try against England rather, showed what they're capable of on the break or with turnover ball or catching a side, sleeping straight off a kickoff. So that, I think, is, is the encouraging part. That try was almost, though, quite Scarlet's-esque, wasn't it? Oh, it was. It yeah. was. It was. It was off the cuff. The, the biggest thing for me, the biggest worrying thing for me is the is the, the you know the scrum. I think to play that to play that style of rugby, you've got to have a very good set piece. And we mentioned this a lot, mm. didn't we, with the Scarlets that uh, when the Scarlets were in their pomp under Pivac, the tries were sensational. They were special. They were you know things were happening from every single position on the on, on the park. But underlying all this was a really strong set piece, and the forwards were were a, a strong outfit on and on the bench as well. And we've we've struggled up front, haven't we? We have. It's we struggled also, up front in this game in this uh, campaign. It's also worth mentioning that Wayne Pivac, it didn't click for Wayne Pivac straight away when he turned up at the Scarlets, and even that season where they went on to. Was the season they went on to? Yeah, the season they went on to lift the title. They, they were they had a horrible start to the yeah, season. Yeah, it was a really poor start, wasn't it? And so, you know, it, it all kind of seemed to change with a couple of wins over, you know, like Benetton and Connacht, and and then they they just kept building on that and, and ended up winning the league. So these things can change. International rugby is a, is a completely different kettle of fish. So it's going to be another step up again. But to go back to the set piece, there we really missed. 
Thomas Francis in there, and I we knew that, we were going to as well, didn't we? We yeah, knew we, we were going to miss him, but I think we we <laughs> we missed him more than probably uh, any of us really could imagine because it was just I don't know, it's all funny, one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah both the, both the tight heads are a work in progress, and it would have been good to see Will Griff John get a get a start and see what he's capable of doing at international level this weekend, but obviously wasn't to be. Then, you know, I think uh, over on the loose side, it, it's been it's been a tough campaign for Win Jones, but I, I still think he's a he's a good player and and a, a, a definitely an international class player. Ken's perhaps not had his best tournament and. Maybe that's a bit of fatigue from, you know, from the World Cup, either mental or physical. So, there's, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that these are things that you would hope would get better, and then the opportunity to build results on. But I, I would certainly be worried about the, the pile up of fixtures that's going to happen next season if I were Pivot. Yeah, one thing I wanted to ask you actually was uh, was Webb, mm. what you've made of. Uh... Reese Webb on the international stage. I think that he was almost trying a bit too hard against Italy. Had a couple of penalty decisions go against him that you know you've seen him given the other way, but he was almost trying a bit too hard, and it looked like a player who hadn't played that much rugby. I thought he showed some nice glimpses against against England when he came off the bench, and arguably, you know, none of the nines have made that shirt their own, um, and. I think that he is probably the one who's shown the best form during uh, during that time. You know that that not across the whole tournament, but that that performance against England is probably the strongest bit of form from any of the minds he, during the tournament. He still looked rusty, didn't for, for me? Looked rusty very early on, didn't he, in the England mm. game when he came on? Yeah, but then I, I think he threw an intercept as well, didn't he? He did, yeah, Which I, and I, I haven't he, seen him do for a long time. He must have been thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm way off the pace here, just knowing it in his head. But then he, he really grew into the game, didn't he? And I loved the way that he was just holding on to the ball. He was a real threat, wasn't he? Which, which we hadn't seen. He was making everyone think. He he, he holds on to it, holds on to it, holds on to mm. it for so long. He either goes himself or gives a pass. I think we could see the service on him. I I was really encouraged by him. I think I, I think so, and it would have been nice to see him play this weekend. It would have, wouldn't it? I, I think that he is the Reese Webber at his best is world class. Gareth Davis at his best is international class, and Thomas Williams we have not seen his best at international level yet. So he's a prospect. So it's encouraging. But I think what would be really good is I think we have suffered from chopping and changing at nine this this tournament. And I would like to see an informed Reese Webb with that nine on his back and the other two scrapping it out for for coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's right. I think Gareth um, uh, there needs to be a, a sort of an arm around him as well because he's done such a good job for us, isn't he? We know he's got a few limitations, but what mm. he does do as well, he does better than uh, you know the way he leads that 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 defensive defensive effort is better than probably any nine. Mm. Uh, around so we've got to remember that as well alright Dan looking ahead to to next season then if you were in charge of the the, the Welsh Rugby Union what would you think would be, would represent a successful season you know should we be looking at should we be looking at a uh, you know a Grand Slam next season should we be looking at uh, being the All Blacks, or is it actually just a question of right? We need to we need to build and get a few results together. What do you think? 
What would you like to see? Well, yeah, I'd like to see all those. I'd like to see the Grand <laughs> Slam and the win against New Zealand, but can I see it happening? No. Um, I think we just need to get a couple of wins, don't we? I want to see, you know, I think it's important for the players and the coaching staff, everyone involved, the fans as well, to to get a few wins under, under our belt and start to, you know, start to believe that this Welsh squad can win with a different coaching setup because being under the, you know, been under Gatland and Co for so long that it does. It it just feels odd, doesn't it? Mm. It feels odd, and it kind of feels. You know, we've had we've had a good a good few losses now. You know, I was worried about that Scotland game. I think you were probably in a slightly different camp to me, but yeah, we got we just got to get some wins back, haven't we? And I think there has been some some encouraging signs. I particularly liked the way in which we've created opportunities in the middle of you know in the middle of the park mm. and open sides up there which is I think is a really difficult thing to do it's so congested in there but we've managed to get these nice offloads off and scored some 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 good tries so if we can work out on if we you know at a basic level if we if we can you know sort that scrum out and and sort the defense out I think we probably with the defense we we kind of I don't know why we changed it so much yeah, I don't know whether we could, could could have done something a bit more gradual, but I think yeah. come back to your question. I think you know we've just got to build a few wins, haven't we? And then you know grow into it. Yeah, the, I, I think that's the thing: is the wins buy you time as well, don't they? They just they just take that bit of pressure off, and being able to being able to try and evolve the side. I agree. I think that the defense thing has been has been my biggest concern. The biggest encouragement is I think the backs are starting to are starting to click. So it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm I don't know. I, I suppose I'm I'm hoping to be patient. You know, if not optimistic, certainly patient. And next season we're going to want to see we're going to want to see some better results. And and hopefully the performances will will go you know will go alongside that too. Yeah, I think we have to be patient, don't we? Because the style is so so different that. What we what we don't want is, you know, as you said, when you get some wins, you you, you buy yourself some time. Obviously, if you don't get the wins, then yet you're, you're likely to maybe go back to a different sort of game that is probably less risky, but could probably you could probably get a couple of wins. So, I think, you know, the the defense and the attack and the pivot they're they're interlinked, aren't they? So we have to play a, a certain. You know, a, diff- a different way in defence that that works in connection with his uh, his attack. Obviously, that we we've just got to let we just got to let that go, haven't we? And we're not going to know whether it's going to work until we've seen a number of games of, of games being played. But I think it's it's certainly risky. And we're going to leave it. And we're going to leave it there. Are we? Are we? Are you gonna? Well, I think so. Unless you, unless you got anything more to add, Dan, it feels like a cliffhanger to leave it on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, Where uh, are we gonna? I want to ask you something now. Where oh are we God. going with this next week? Well, uh, I think we need the Murph on. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're probably right. We always we always need more Murph on that. You're just trying to get yourself a week off, you lazy <laughs> get, aren't you? That, what are you doing? Like one week on, three weeks off at the moment. What I've been on a sabbatical. 
Yeah, well, we'd love to take some suggestions from the audience as well. If you have some suggestions of what we can do while there's no rugby on to produce some podcasts, I tell you what we do have lined up is I've lined up a special interview, uh, an attacking scrum special with a current Wales international, no less. Ooh. When's that coming out? Uh, well, I'm hoping to record it at the end of this month, and so yeah, stay stay tuned, and we, we should have that with you, uh, with you if not at the end of the month, at the start of April. Uh, fingers crossed, providing the the interview doesn't get cancelled due to uh, due to coronavirus. But that will be a, that will be a very exciting one. Um, I'll give you five questions if you like, and you can uh, yes or no questions, and see if you can guess who it is. Welsh, let's have a look. Is he back? No. Is he... He's a second row, isn't he? No. I thought it was going to be Adam Beard with the... Uh, you're listening to the uh, Attack and Scrum. No, no, not Adam. Adam. Does he play for the Scarlets? No. Three questions down. Ospreys. No. No. Oh, you only got one question left, Dan. Use it wisely. Dragons player. No. It's Josh Navidi. <laughs> it's not, I'm afraid. <laughs> a, a, de- a decent guess, but it's not. So you'll have to... Uh, You'll have to um, you have to wait and see who that's going to be. I'll be teasing that out over the next uh, over the next few weeks. So maybe we'll just play twenty questions for the the whole of next week, Dan, to see uh, <laughs> to see if you can guess who that is. Yeah, um, we do need some we need some contributions here for what we're going to talk about. We do, but yeah, if you've got any if you've got any suggestions, let us know at Attacking Scrum. I was thinking we could have a look at you know some of the uh, you know some of our all time favourite players picking you you know your favourite ever. Favorite ever fifty, you know, like we did the the team of the decade. Let's have a look at you know your favorite ever Wales team, uh, all time all time fifteen um, imports for the for the regions, or you know stuff like that. The best best ever uncapped players for Wales. Some uh, some things along those lines. I think it could be quite good fun to do during the. Uh, during the time that there's no rugby. But let us know what you think as well. Um, but yeah, we're going to leave it there for this week. Thanks for listening during uh, during everything else that's going on. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you could leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts as it is now, that would be massively appreciated. And uh, yeah, big thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. And uh, yeah, you can uh, hopefully, um, Scott's uh, business hasn't been too affected by uh, by all of this. But yeah, if you want to help support uh, a, a fantastic Welsh business during this time, then do go to socoffeetrades.co.uk to order and uh, and stop, stock up on uh, some of your coffee needs. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thank you, Jared. Thanks and, for having uh, me back on, allowing me back on. I've been trying to get back, back on, on. Yeah, right. the last few weeks, but... You haven't been uh, you haven't been picking up the phone, so nice try, good, mate. Good to be back. Absolute diva. Uh, right, thanks, Dan, and yeah, we'll be back to chat rugby with you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.